welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Saturday of the fifth week of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, who through the regenerating power of baptism have been pleased to confer on us heavenly life, grant, we pray, that those you render capable of immortality by justifying them may, by your guidance, attain the fullness of glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. From Cilia, Paul went to Derbe, and then on to Lystra. Here, there was a disciple called Timothy, whose mother was a Jewess, who had become a believer. But his father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of Timothy, and Paul, who wanted to have him as a travelling companion, had him circumcised. This was on account of the Jews in the locality where everyone knew his father was a Greek. As they visited one town after another, they passed on the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem with instructions to respect them. So, the churches grew strong in the faith, as well as growing daily in numbers. They traveled to Phrygia and the Galatian country, having been told by the Holy Spirit not to preach the word in Asia. When they reached the frontier of Mysia, they thought to cross it into Bithynia, but as the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them, they went through Mysia and came down to Troas. One night, Paul had a vision. A Macedonian appeared and appealed to him in these words, Come across to Macedonia and help us. Once he had seen this vision, we lost no time in arranging a passage to Macedonia, convinced that God had called us to bring them the good news. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him, singing for joy. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Know that He, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to Him. We are His people, 
the sheep of his flock. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Indeed, how good is the Lord, eternal his merciful love. He is faithful from age to age. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Alleluia, alleluia. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me before you. If you belonged to the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you do not belong to the world, because my choice withdrew you from the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the words I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you too. If they kept my word, they will keep yours as well. But it will be on my account that they will do all this, because they do not know the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The former US President, Franklin D. Roosevelt, reportedly said that I ask you to judge me by the enemies I have made. Kind of mirrors what Oscar Wilde once said, that you can always judge a man by the quality of his enemies. Well, here our Lord Jesus says much the same. If the world hates you, remember, it hated me before you. And if you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you don't belong to the world, because my choice withdrew you from the world, therefore the world hates you. Now, there's something to keep in mind in the Gospel of John. John uses the word world in two different senses. On the one hand, the world is what is not God. The world is what God has created. And the world is precious to God. It's the thing that needs his grace, that needs his healing. A number of days ago, we read John 3.16, that famous line, God loved the world so much that he sent his only son. Not to condemn the world, but to save it. So on the one hand, John tells us that the world is the object of God's love and his care. The world is what stands in need of saving that stands in need of his son. But John also uses the word world in the sense in which it's being used in the gospel today. The world stands as that which is in opposition to God. And Jesus is about to do battle with his opponents. Remember, we're in the upper room. It's the Last Supper. Jesus is about to go into his passion. He's about to deal with his enemies. He's about to be handed over into the hands of his enemies and his enemies are going to reveal their true intent. They're going to reveal what they're really made of. They're going to take one who is innocent, be unconcerned about questions of truth and justice, right and wrong, and they're going to condemn him, torture him and murder him. What is it that stands in opposition to Jesus? 
We're not just talking about Caiaphas or Pontius Pilate or King Herod. We're talking about the forces of evil, of hatred and violence and domination. And here's the irony. You would think that those who practice hatred and domination and violence would be the ones who hate others who practice these things. But it turns out that their hatred is levelled against the ones who show love. Why is that? Because love at the same time is also a judgment on their hatred. The evil need to destroy something good because the good proclaims the depth of their depravity and of their evil. And so Jesus does combat with his enemies. But the weapons which he wields are not the weapons of hatred and of violence, but the weapon of love. Jesus is going to enter into his passion and there his enemies are going to heap upon him the full expression of evil and of dysfunction. One of his closest companions will betray him into the hands of those who hate him most. The chief priests and the scribes who Jesus exposed for their hypocrisy will conspire and lie in order to destroy him. The Romans, in their mockery and scourging of Jesus, will treat him as an object of entertainment and of fun. And Pontius Pilate will use the death of Jesus as a means to defend and consolidate his own power. Jesus is made completely vulnerable as he's stripped naked and his hands and feet are nailed to the cross, a sign that he is rendered so powerless that he is completely in the hands of his enemies and they can do with him what they will. But all the while, Jesus is doing something. It looks like everything is done to him, but he in fact is doing something. He is wielding the weapon of merciful love. All of the hatred and violence which is heaped upon Jesus is swallowed up in his merciful love. You see, Jesus doesn't get drawn into their game of tit for tat. When he is struck upon one cheek, he offers the other as well. When he is told to walk one mile, he walks two instead. This is Jesus' response of love. And it is this that truly defeats evil. Make no mistake, Jesus has enemies, and on Good Friday it looks as though these enemies are victorious. But in actual fact, evil is dealt with in the one way which is truly definitive. It is swallowed up in love. So Jesus has really laid the battle lines then for his disciples. If you remember yesterday, he said, Love one another as I have loved you. To take up the true weapon of merciful love. But to know that belonging to Christ is to share his enemies. And also to take up the weapon which truly defeats these enemies. Love. And so the fight is on. The fight is real. If they persecuted me, Jesus says, they'll persecute you too. Why? Because you don't belong to the world. I've drawn you out of the world so that you may belong 
to me. But to belong to me means to have the enemies that I have. But you also have the one weapon which truly defeats evil. And that's love. And so we need to love bravely. We need to love heroically. It's not something soft or sappy. It's not saccharine. And this kind of love isn't found in Valentine's Day cards. This is the kind of love which is truly a weapon, a dangerous kind of love, because it takes its enemies and deals with them definitively. A love that is merciful. A love which, in the logic of the world, is illogical. A love which goes beyond the limits of justice and becomes truly divine by embracing mercy. Jesus will go on to give us some consoling words. He'll say to his disciples, In the world you'll have trouble. But take heart. I have conquered the world. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross 
to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.